love in such a rush to go tell the world. I think that's how they put it. And what a thing to tell. Did you know an angel visited me too? It's true. And he said that my boy would be great. The son of God. He said that he would be the king of angels. The king of all.
We just thank you this morning for every child, for every hope, for every heart. Pray this morning that as they learn about you, that understand the reality of the Christ and Christmas. Pray over every teacher. Pray over everyone that's helping that, Lord, they just be filled with wisdom beyond their ability. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give the kids a shout. How many are ready for Christmas? Anybody? You got your tree up, you got stuff going underneath it, you're just ready. Hey, hey, hey. Hey guys, Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. Here we go. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty? And so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who takes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in lion wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings.
Lord, I thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you for your peace. We thank you that you give us peace that passes all of our understanding. God, we just give our lives to you this morning.
you this morning that all that you are and all that you have, you've made known to us through the birth of Christ. That you've withheld nothing in heaven, but you sent heaven to us. I pray this morning that we would sense and be aware that you broke into our world, that you are with us completely and totally holy right now. But Lord, in the midst of this world, we would know your peace. We would know that comfort that comes from your presence. Now, Lord, we pray for those that are near and dear to us. We pray those that are close and those that are not so close. We pray that your presence would surround everyone in this world. That, God, you are so omnipresent. You are everywhere, all at the same time. There is no place that you are not. So, Lord, I pray for the person that is on the street. I pray the person that's cold and weak. I pray for the people that are forgotten and marginalized. I pray for the least and the last and the lowest and the lost. I pray, Father, for the Christ that's forgotten. I pray this morning that your presence would fill us that we might go and know. Hallelujah. Just grab hands with somebody this morning. Father, we pray for the person close to us. The person on our left and on our right. The Lord, whatever they might be going through, that they would know they're not alone. I pray for an anointing in their body, an anointing in their mind, an anointing in every area of their lives, that this morning that peace that we sing of would be theirs. I ask it in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Well, give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Hug somebody and tell them they look good on Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see you. Blessings, blessings, blessings. Pray that you're getting ready for Christmas, right? How many of you got your tree up? Well, you're ahead of me. I don't have mine up yet. Uh, we got some stuff we're trying to do in the house before we get it done. So uh, you pray that I'll have to work real hard this weekend. I do have the outside lights on. I mean, I got that, that far done. So uh, it's because I left them up. I don't have any neighbors next door, so they can't make fun of me through the years. So I just leave mine up, turn them on. So uh, it's, it's really cool. Well, blessings to every one of you. Uh, I'm sure some of you have heard Annie's mom. Uh, they've taken her to the emergency room. So if you just pray for her this morning, I was out there between services. And uh, they, they think that, it, you know, it's just, uh, it's just mom being uh, stubborn. So right now you pray for her. She's had some uh, vertigo issues the last couple of three weeks. And maybe a bit of this infection and that plays with you when you're in your 90s. And uh, she's just saying, I won't go home. And uh, I said, I understand. She said, well, get me my iPad. Uh, man, if you're, if you're over 70 and you're going, I don't understand any of this stuff, you need to stop. My mom-in-law is almost 93, and she's wanting to make sure she got to see Johanna sing this morning. Uh, that was what was on her mind. So you get over your stubborn self and figure out how to run that thing, right? So uh, just pray for her. So excited about what's going on in the church. Uh, I don't think we're showing it this morning, but my favorite service of the entire year is Christmas Eve. Uh, it's the one service that we pull out all the stops. I promise you, we do it better than anybody. And I mean that, seriously. We'll light candles. We'll, we'll process. We'll sing some of the greatest songs that have ever been written. It'll be an hour long. Garland 
lies and tells everybody it's the only service all year long that's an hour long, but that's not true. But, but it is true that Christmas Eve, it, it really sets the tone for Christmas and invite somebody, invite people that never come any other time. I promise you they'll feel the presence of God. How many have been a number of times? You know what? I'm, then invite somebody. It's a great time to bring someone. And then uh, last year, I believe it was the first year we'd ever done it on the Friday before Christmas, we filled this place with gifts. And we invited children that would never have an opportunity to do that. And uh, so we invited uh, underprivileged, is that the best way I know how to say that? And we invited, we just gave them gifts. And uh, last year I had a, a major donor that did that. This year I'm asking you to participate in that. Uh, so I don't know how they denote that, really. But generally we're expecting, is Lucas waving at me? I don't know. Is there a thing that we do that or No. Just gifts. You can text it under gifts. You can write it on your check. Or you can just throw extra money in the offering because either way I'm going to do it. Uh, well, and if you don't help do it, stay home. I don't want you getting the joy out of a child. <laughs> Scrooge. Uh, so uh, we're really going to focus on that for years. We've taken stuff somewhere. But i got to tell you, I stood in the back of the sanctuary last year. You did Santa, didn't you? It's just unbelievable uh, of, of doing that. So we're going to do that. And then uh, the, the gift that we're asking for the church this year is we've been updating the building. As you know, there's new floors and stuff all over and new rooms. And uh, it's been years since I think we've tried to furnish each room. And uh, so I'm asking you to do above and beyond as you move towards Christmas and think about that. That's where we're going to invest it uh, just a little bit more, another month or two. And I think we'll have every room uh, done and up to uh, what we want. The kitchen got done this year. So those are the two things we're focusing on. And um, I'm just excited about it. And I, I think we're going to hear more about blue hair. So those are my, these are my... <laughs> you didn't get it. Uh, uh, you ready to give this morning? You ready to love on the Lord a little bit and give your best gift? And if you do, uh, I just pr really appreciate it. Thank you so very, 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 very much. Father, thank you for the opportunity to sow seed, to give. Just pray that you bless every gift, every giver. Just, Lord, empower us to reach the city with more and more of your gospel. Uh, I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to plug this one more time. Uh, that app that you get, there's some great writing on there. A couple of folks helped me do that. Uh, you can download the messages on there. Prayers can come through there. Anything you use on that app is very, very helpful for us. Helps us keep track. Amen. Weekend update. Weekend Update. Morning! Is that how I'm supposed to do it? That, that's how they're doing the good morning? Okay, well, welcome to Weekend Update. Um, I am Pastor Heather, not the terrible blue-wigged Ashley version of Pastor Heather. And let's be honest, yes, I had blue hair one time. Technically, I've had... Pink hair, purple hair, green hair. Like one time I did purple and yellow hair, but that's it. I've never had white hair and I don't change my hair with the seasons. I change them based on the move of the spirit in my life. That's how I pick my hair color. That's not even true either. Regardless, my hair always looks better than that terrible blue wig. So 
No one cares about my hair. But what you do care about is what we're doing at the Father's house. And this Christmas season, I just want you to know there is so much going on at the Father's house. We've got this great night planned this coming Wednesday night. I don't know if you've noticed, but it feels like this culture around us has a way of taking the candy cane and also giving an imposter. Have you seen these things? Oreo candy canes? I don't even understand. What's the point? The best part of the Oreo is the cream feeling. What do those taste like? Anyways, that's an imposter. We as parents all the time have to figure out how to tell our kids the truth about things, where they really come from, their real meaning. If you've ever struggled with that, I want to invite you to come Wednesday night. We're going to have cookies, coffee. We're just going to sit around in the sanctuary around some tables and be family. And we're going to let Pastor talk to us about the true meaning of certain things that can enhance our Christmas experience and not let imposters in blue wigs do it for us. You're welcome. We also have some really special birthdays. Um, Pastor did inform us, though, if any of you have just started attending the church and you have a birthday in December, lie to us on the black books and give us a different month because we got a lot of them, guys. But happy birthday to all of those that are celebrating a birthday this month. So speaking of imposters, which I'm going to take care of this one right now, um, there's another one that's been running around town that we've been made aware of. I think you got introduced to him uh, last Sunday. His name was Christmas Chaos. We have under good authority that we've had some of his, um, I don't know, firm members running around town wreaking havoc on people's Christmas spirit. See, Christmas chaos has this way of creating anxiety in our lives and stress. And we get worried about all of these things that we think we need to do so that people love us and we are able to show how much we love other people. When truth be told, Christmas is about so much more. Our goal this Christmas season was to help you and your family, your loved ones, find a way to celebrate the coming of Christ that happened so many years ago and anticipate the fact that we have a Savior who's coming again. So if you see these guys running around town trying to rob you of your hope, your joy, your peace, or your love, feel free to tackle them. It's totally fine. Now back to uh, getting rid of this imposter. Guess we won't be seeing the blue hair anymore, will we? For information on everything that's taking place at the Father's House, jump on our website or download our app today and get in the know so that maybe the weekend updates could become shorter. Amen. Shorter. I'm, I'm for that, right? If you're willing to uh, volunteer to do weekend updates, we're looking for people. So if you think you're a better actor than those who have been acting... I'm taking auditions. Uh, no, nobody's jumping up. I, I really, it, it would really be fun. So I, I love Christmas. I love this time of year. It's that time of year when every once in a while you ought to just add a little bit more piety to your life, right? You ought to do something a little extra than what you've done. So I always through this time of year, one of the things I like to do is for us to stand for the reading of the word. So if you'd stand this morning, uh, I've asked a couple of just lovely ladies to read uh, out of Romans and out of the gospel. So just close your eyes and just hear the word. Okay, reading from Romans 15, 4, 13. 
For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again, he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Reading from Luke 1, starting with verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word has the power to transform our lives, to change us, to rearrange everything in our world. I pray that our minds would be open, our hearts would be ready. And that, Father, we would be changed this morning by that word. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Greet somebody and you may be seated this morning. I'm excited to, to talk to you about Advent. 
It's a great story that I read oh, some time ago. Um, I, it was probably in another book I read. Uh, it's a story about how a wealthy man who loved art, just loved art, and he collected uh, Van Goghs and Monets and Picassos, and he filled his house with his beautiful art. And as he raised his son, his son too fell in love with art and everything that it had to offer and the beauty of it. And then with the outbreak of World War I, his son went off to the war. And uh, the tragedy would strike, the son lost his life. And there was very little to be done to console the old fellow. And then one day there was a knock at the door. And uh, the knock at that door was one of the young men that served with his son. And it was Christmas and the young man came in and confirmed and told stories about the father's son and handed him a package. And when the old man opened the package, it was a portrait of the son that someone had painted while they were in the war. And though it wasn't a very good painting, the old man began to cherish it above all the other artwork that he owned. And so he put it above the fireplace, and for the remainder of his life, he loved that picture more than the Van Goghs and the Monets and the Picassos. But everybody in the world knew of this great collection. And so when the old man passed, they put all the art in the, in the gallery, and they called for an auction. And they begin to get ready for the auction, and they brought out the painting of the sun. And nobody would bid on it. It was real quiet. And the auctioneer said, now listen, I have strict orders. We have to sell this painting before I can sell any of the rest of them. And finally, somebody said, well, I'll give you $10. And the auctioneer waited, sold for $10. Now I'm supposed to declare this auction over. He said, the instruction of the old man's will was whoever bought the son got all the rest. Can I tell you something? To accept the son of God is to get all the rest. To make the son of God, Jesus Christ, everything in our life means that everything in heaven and earth is ours. We're here this morning because supposedly we've said that the Son is more important than anything else in our lives. We've said that the coming of the Son of God arrested our attention and that we have devoted the rest of our lives to keep looking at the Son of God, to keep anticipating and expecting His return, to anticipate Him breaking out in our normal lives in abnormal ways. To anticipate that the God who was here is still here among us. That his spirit lives and reigns. And that in the midst of a world that has gone mad, we have hope. That in the midst of a world that has their eyes on so many things this time of year, we ourselves are preparing for the coming of Christ in ways that have never happened before. Contrary to a lot of people's opinion, Advent is not just about Christmas. Advent is not simply the time when you put up the tree on the day after or day before Thanksgiving. It's really not the time to begin to sing Christmas carols. It certainly really isn't marked as the beginning of Easter. Advent is really the beginning of a new adventure. It's the beginning of our Christian calendar. It's actually where we reset ourselves and begin to recognize that we're supposed to be paying attention to the Son of God. It's really what it's about. And so we, we mark this time of year by facing once again 
this adventure that's been placed before us. I'm really convinced that right now is the time to begin to prepare, to pack your gear, to take an account, if you will, of your physical focus, to take an account of your spiritual and your emotional reality, to prepare oneself for what God might be wanting to do, to be ready for the divine to interact in our lives, for God to unveil his miracles in every area of our life. To begin to face the next season of our life knowing that the predictions uh, cannot even be fully understood. To understand that God has a life for us that we've never dreamed possible. To understand that God comes into the ordinary to make it extraordinary. To understand that it's not risk-free. That to be human doesn't come with a safety line. That to be human is to embrace this life to dare to live it. One of my favorite books is Dare Would We Be Christian. I wonder, would we? Would we dare to know that Christ is Lord? Would we dare? When I was a kid, we were always double daring. This morning when, when I asked the ladies to read, I wonder, would we dare to be Mary? Would we dare to be Elizabeth? Would we dare to be Johanna, Mary Magdalene? Would we dare to be Ruth? Would we dare to be Esther or Abigail? You see, in a world that continues to diminish diminish females, I want you to understand that God chooses what we dismiss to reveal himself. Would we dare to allow women to find their place in a society that diminishes each other because we're male or female, black or white? From the beginning, God always uses that which we diminish. Would we dare to let women find their place in our culture? Would we understand that it is women that provided for the Christ during his earthly ministry? Advent is when we prepare for God to do the unusual and the unlikely, the unimaginable and the unobtainable. Now is the time we prepare to step out of what we think is normal humanity and begin to live in something beyond anything that we've ever imagined. I am such a fan of the Lord of the Rings. I am such a fan of Bilbo Baggins as they were challenging Bilbo to enter into the Uh, the debate and the argument of the moment. And uh, Baggins says, we are plain quiet folk and we have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things. They make you late for dinner and I can't think anybody would want that. You see, we want a normal life, whatever that might be. But Paul, in his writing to the Romans, is explaining to them that this is about a new life, a new story, a new heartbeat, that everything about us is a new adventure now that Christ has come into our history. Make it known to the Gentiles, Kent, to those, according to Paul and Philippians, who have no hope. Christ doesn't come to announce it to the religious because the religious are going to overlook it. I've got news for you. It's the religious people that are going to miss Christmas this year because they think they've heard the story so many times. They're no longer, they're no longer at wonder over the manger scene. You've lost your anticipation. Your children got it, but you're bothered by it. And you like to pretend your scroogeiness is the world's fault. Well, they've just made such a materialistic thing out of Christmas. And that justifies your scroogey behavior. 
No, 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 no. We have to recapture that the message of the birth of Christ was to the Gentiles, to the marginalized, to those that had no covenant and no promise. Let me tell you, Christmas is about announcing it to people. That Christ has come and that Christ is ruling and that Christ brings you in. There's no height requirement. No weight restrictions, if you will. That Christmas removes all age discrimination. There's no physical disabilities that keep you from this process. That nothing in your life can keep you from experiencing the presence of God that comes as a baby in a manger. He's never threatening and never demanding. He comes as a gift handed to us by no initiation of our own. Advent is when we celebrate what has, what is, and what is yet to happen. The question is, are we zoned out or tuned in? The question is, are we awake and aware of the activity of God in our life? Or are we just celebrating the activity that happened 2,000 years ago, or the one that we want to happen so that we can fly away? How about what God is birthing in your life today? How about this moment in 2019? How about right now, this morning, are we awakened to the reality that God's trying to make us pregnant with an anticipation of his appearing? Oh, see, we get so disturbed when we talk like that because how dare God break into my agenda? And then there's so much Christianity that's based on the absolute certainty of my opinion. I promise you, there's, there's so much of Christianity today is based or built upon an absolute certainty, and there's not enough about the divine mystery. Can I tell you, you're never going to explain the birth of Christ in a manger. This is all about uh, a calling to experience something that's unexpected. Something that's new, miraculous, something that's fresh or impossible. Something that's the fulfillment of a prophecy. You see, what takes place in the life of Mary had been prophesied for hundreds of years. Hundreds of years it had been told that this was going to take place. But in the life of a 15-year-old, a 15-year-old, that, that, that makes me nervous. But have you met 15? Never. 15-year-old comes to a 15-year-old and makes a proposal and then talks to her about how the Holy Spirit is going to work that in your life. Every time God breaks into the human world, it comes through unlikely people. It comes to people that the rest of us would never trust. It comes to us through those folks and through that reality that is just, just unpromising. Have you ever met? Never mind. And it's a proposal, not a demand. He doesn't impose his will. He proposes. He invites us. He comes to give us a choice. He comes to reveal his favor to us. He comes to ask us if we will allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and move us. That, that's the real challenge for about 80% of the American church today is will we allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do or is it based upon our opinions? Our interpretations, if you will. Are we so certain of how it is that we can't see how God wants it to be? Are we so stuck in an accepted reality that we can't experience an unimagined reality? I want to invite you into this, this wonderful magic thing called Christianity. 
We're so afraid that it'll go beyond what we have anticipated that we're afraid of it. You do understand it's not mystery that we should fear, but fear itself. We shouldn't be afraid to step beyond what is... Hmm. If Mary had only done what she understood, we would not have been here. If Mary had only accepted what she had been taught in religious circles, she would not have been pregnant. The very people to whom the promises were made refused the promise. The very people that believed in the work of God, that they were the people of God, limited that God to their own interpretation and justification. What if we are wrong? I think that Christians need to learn that statement. We were wrong. We were wrong about slavery. I'm sorry, go back through the human history and the history of the church over the last couple of hundred years. We were wrong. Can I tell you, when it comes to World War II, we were wrong. You know what burns in my soul with every year of my living? What else are we wrong about? While we're standing up telling the world we got it right, our history does not live up to that. There are just things we've accepted about God and established them as firm, and we might be wrong. If the birth of Christ proves anything is they were wrong, God will choose a woman. God will choose a woman that doesn't know anything. God will choose to embarrass her betrothed. He'll use angels to do it because he can't find another human being that would believe in the miraculous. I wonder what else God's trying to challenge in our world today. And he's going to have to use angels to do it. And he's probably going to have to go outside the church to accomplish it. Because we are so set in our ways, we hate to admit that we might be wrong. Hmm. Oh, well, notice how quiet it gets in this room. Because if you really... See, the birth of Christ challenges the previously accepted status quo of how God works and how God doesn't work. Always works through the power of the Holy Spirit. One of the questions I might ask is, how, how, what made Mary even potentially open to the suggestion that she ought to be impregnated by the power of the Holy Spirit? What, what even possibly created the contextual... Hmm. Well, number one, she knew the story. Let me suggest to you today, outside of knowing your story, outside of understanding the story that makes you who you are, in a world that's trying to find themselves, let me tell you, Mary knew who she was. For Friday after Friday after Friday after Friday, she sat down at a table and her dad would hold up the bread. And he would tell the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He would tell the story of Moses and the Exodus. 
he would tell the story of David. And he would tell the story of a Messiah that was coming to rescue them again from the captivity of another empire. And here they were living in the captivity under the thumb of a Roman empire. Under a structure that hindered them from realizing their highest and fullest potential. You see, empires of human creation always limits the potential of the God that's inside of that creation. But she knew the story that historically God had rescued his people from empire after empire after empire. I hate empires. Empire set up structures and things to cause the herd to do what the herd's supposed to do and limits us from discovering who we really, really are. She knew the story, Kent. She knew that God's people could never remain in the limited bondage of any structure of humanity. She knew that we were supposed to receive a prophetic promise. Oh, that we would become a prophetic people and believe that God has prophesied our victory and not our defeat. That's what Advent is. To wait. To wait. To anticipate, to expect, to wait not as though it hadn't happened, but to wait that though I can't see it, I know it's already happened. To wait in this moment where I cannot see that I'm free, but I know that I'm free. To wait in this moment under the bondage of human design and yet know that nothing can keep me in that bondage. To wait. To be patient is to have a holy expectation for already what is and yet yet to be seen. To know that I'm not in bondage to the tribulations and the trials and the challenges and the circumstances, the aches and the pains or the decay of this body. But that really I'm alive and I'm healthy and I'm provided for. And that I don't need to be looking at my life by the definition of what surrounds me. But I have a prophetic word from God that says I'm above and not below. The head and not the tail. I'm free from all that restricts me and now I can hear. Oh, highly favored among until you know that you're the people to whom the prophetic words have been aimed at. Until you know that we live not by bread alone, but by the very word that comes from God. And God is still speaking to you and to me today, telling us to look up, for our redemption draweth nigh. Not, oh, come on. You're supposed to be excited about the manifestation of the prophetic word of God. Some of you can't get excited about the word. How are you going to get excited about the fulfillment of that word? Oh, hear me. You need to read the book again. There's promises in it that are greater than anything you can buy in Target. There's promises in it greater than anything you can vote into office. There's promises in it that supersede any construct of the human existence. I have a voice from heaven and I'm waiting for him to say, now is that day. I'm waiting for God to say, I'm going to do my thing in the midst of all the other things. Mary, did you know? Yes, she did. She did, oh stupid person that wrote that song. <laughs> she did know. She did know that there was a voice going to come and touch somebody. Because Isaiah said a child will be born. Well, if a child's going to be born, it needs a mama. 
You didn't get it. While the old priests were arguing about what? The little girls were in the background playing, maybe it's me. Maybe I'll be the mama. Maybe I'll be the mama. I think maybe I'll be the mama. I wonder how many little sleepovers those little Jewish girls in Nazareth had had, hoping maybe they would be the woman that the... Mary, did you know? I think she did. I think she made believe. I think she had hope that maybe God would choose her to be the woman. The man with a womb. Man, you ain't never going to get it. You don't even have the architecture to get it. Thank God for women. For little girls who knew that their only hope was to be chosen. Because men in this world were never going to do it. Wow, yeah. You don't hear that in church every day, do you? <laughs> That's worth an applause. I don't care who you are. If you're a husband, you need to look over and say, I choose you, baby. I, got, I choose you, man. Every day. I... <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, if a child's going to be born, needs a mama. Yeah, Mary knew. Mary understood, and she was confident in the expectation of the promise being fulfilled in her life. Hello, Advent Church. Hello, church that wants to live an adventure. Are we living in the expectation and, and the confidence that God wants to do something in our lives that's beyond what other people think is normal? Mary, did you know? Yes, she knew. Because David had written, my expectation comes from God. Yes, Mary knew. Because the Bible said, my help, I've expected to be made manifest in the prophetic word. Yes, she knew because she had read Jeremiah. I know the thoughts. that they, well, Maybe I better back up. They would never have let her read it, but they would have let her sit close. She couldn't have read it because they wouldn't teach little girls to read or write. They would deny her the education. But she said and heard, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Evil, evil. That's an interesting thought. Next week. To give you a future and a hope. Yes, she lived in the expectation that her hope would not be cut off. Yes, she lived in the expectation that happy are those who put their hope in the Lord. Yes, as the Hebrew writer said, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Mary had hope because of the prophetic words that had been given to the people. And Mary understood that the prophetic prophecies that had been given to the people were hers personally. That God doesn't speak a word over a people and not make it personal as well. Oh, that Mary understood her life was bigger than herself. That whatever was happening in her life was for all. Can I tell you what limits most of us in this room is we get such a narrow view. We think the whole world's wrapped up in us, myself, and, and we get limited by me, myself, and I. Can I tell you, this life is not about you particularly. 
Though he takes care of you particularly, it's not about you particularly. It's about you being blessed to bless the world. It's about you having so much that you're giving to the world takes the world into another dimension. And the angel said to her, that we could stop right there. If it had been for people believing in angels, we'd have trouble having Christmas. How many of you are expecting an angel to show up in your Chevette on the way home? Or your Prius, whatever. Chevette, that dated me. <laughs> that thing's in a trash heap somewhere. Uh, and the angel of the Lord said to her, fear not. Do you understand that the first word God always says to anybody is? Touch your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. The end is not yet. <laughs> don't be afraid. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found Favor, favor. Do you know no one's ever going to hear God as long as they live in fear? No one's ever going to hear God if they don't know they're favored. Touch yourself and say, I'm highly favored. <laughs> I'm expecting God to treat me in a way that I don't deserve. I'm expecting preferential treatment. I'm expecting God to treat me opposite of what I deserve. As a matter of fact, I'm expecting a special dispensation of God's grace in my life. I think God's going to treat me better than I... Man, if you didn't wake up this morning thinking God's going to do me a favor this morning. He did. You're here. Hey, if God... If you don't believe that God is favored, you don't ever expect to be impregnated by the promises of God. If you don't believe that you're favored from God, don't ever expect the promises of God to take place in your life. Because you're an Eeyore who thinks everything goes wrong because you're a victim and everybody else is against you. And you're so busy blaming other people that you can't believe God for your own breakthrough. And it's your blaming of other people that's blocking the promises of God. You need to quit blaming other people and begin to say, thank God I'm highly favored. If people could treat me that way, it must going to be a triple dipper duper nuts on top thing that's happening in my life. Because if they're trying to keep it from happening that bad, this must be really good. I don't know whether you got it or not, but you can't blame people and believe God at the same time. Or it'll block the blessings of God that he's determined. Some of you ought to be whispering under your breath, I forgive them, I forgive them, I forgive them, I double dose, I forgive them. And not only do I forgive them, but I want to forget that it ever happened. I don't know how I forgive them, but I just can't forget. Yes, you can. You lost your keys last week. Yes, you can. Forgetfulness is a gift in some respects. Isn't it amazing how you can forget how you're hurt, but you can't remember how you were blessed? Oh, well, I better move on. That's probably another sermon. I mean, just all you got to do is read people's Facebook. They're focused on how they were hurt. I'd hate to see your journal. It'd be a horror story. She knew she was blessed because others before her had been blessed. David, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, Daniel, other members of her tribe had been blessed. And highly favored. This is an interesting point, Pastor, that you maketh. I knoweth. <laughs> Most people are jealous when other people in the tribe are favored. Why didn't they get me? Hey, man. 
Did you know that if you become jealous of the other people in your tribe who get favored, you'll miss the opportunity to be favored yourself? Because rather than being jealous, you ought to take it as a sign that yours is coming. Because if God favored you, it must be a promise that he's going to certainly favor me. You didn't get it. I'm working at it here. She knew she was favored because other people in her story had been favored. And when other people in your story are favored, just understand that your individual reality is about to take on something greater. She knew the story that Abraham had hoped against all hope, and yet Sarah conceived. She understood that hope is not a wishing mechanism. She didn't get pregnant because she wished she was. She didn't get pregnant because she kind of hoped maybe someday. No, she received the power to conceive because she understood the abundance of God's favor. And in understanding the abundance of God's favor, it started her on an adventure that we are still talking about. You see, she understood that what God tried to do with his law and failed, he did with the sending of his son. Rejoice, O highly favored one, because the Lord is with you. Touch your neighbor and say, Rejoice, O highly favored one, because Emmanuel is with you. He's in your life today. You're part of something bigger than yourself. You're part of history. You're part of the impossible. You're part of... Could I just tell you that we're celebrating Advent, the beginning of an adventure of next year. I cannot promise you that next year won't be filled with challenges. It will be. You will have sufferings and losses. You will have obstacles. You will, contrary to the public prophecies that are promoted on television, there will be tribulation next year. But God is with you. But God is with you. It's an adventure to live this human experience even in face of the trials and the tribulations and the disappointments and yet know that God is with me and he causes all things to work together for my good. And in spite of what the world throws at me, there is one in me that's greater than the one around me. And so I can look at this year with a hope and an anticipation of the adventure of what 2020 is going to be. While some of you are trying to sum up of how bad it is I'm looking at if it's that bad where sin abounds I must be greater than that oh you didn't get it (laughs) oh yes I did I love it how can this be since I don't know a man as if a man could ever help anything The angel answered and said to her, isn't it interesting how we reduce it to man's ability? Can I just tell you something? How can this happen when I don't know a man? When when, when human ability is unable to accomplish the will of God, look out, the Holy Spirit's about to blow in. In fact, I think we all ought to be looking for that place where man's ability will never get it done. I think we need to be looking for those opportunities where man is weak and where God's presence will begin to make the difference in our life. When you come up against a promise that no man can fulfill, you're on the edge of the fulfillment of the prophecies of God. How many of you are facing one of those things that ain't no man can do that anyway? 
Well, then that means you're on the right track. How can this be? And he goes, oh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power, somebody say power. See, Advent is, peop- is are the people that are expecting the power of God to make up the difference between what they can do and what God's called them to do. Oh. For with God, nothing, nothing, nothing will be impossible. So let me back up and summarize. Mary understood her story, the history. And because she understood the history, she knew she was favored. And because she knew she was favored, she could begin to expect the unexpected. She could conceive to conceive. To, 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 to believe that there is something that I can't see and yet it's more real. If there's anything I do this morning, I want you to conceive the impossible. I want you to conceive the unimaginable. I want you to conceive the never seen before. I want you to conceive above and beyond. I want you to conceive the extraordinary. I want you to begin to see it in your mind, to see it in your soul. Because until you can conceive it, somebody touch somebody and say, I am pregnant with healing. I'm pregnant with divine intervention. I'm pregnant with miracles untold. I'm pregnant with the manifestation of God. I'm pregnant that God's going to appear in the midst of my life, in the nick of time. I'm believing. I'm conceiving. I'm pregnant with it. Nothing going to stop this thing. He's not going to put something on the inside of me and not give me the strength to bring it to pass. 2020 is going to be a year where you can see the inconceivable, where you can have a clarity of vision and a revelation that's higher than this world. I want our eyes open to where we have perfect vision to conceive what God has described our lives. Oh, you're just not. Advent. People that standing on the edge of an adventure ready to see what's never seen before. If you don't conceive it, you'll never receive it. If you don't begin to conceive it, listen, if, you, if, if you're not playing with the girls out here going, well, maybe I could be his mama. If you don't make believe, you can't ever conceive. And if you don't ever conceive, you'll never receive it into this world. I promise you, your children are having visions. They're having visions of Christmas morning. Your children are having visions. (sighs) You didn't. Oh, that we would become children of vision. A vision where... Every man and woman are treated equally. A vision where the Good Samaritan stops along the side of the road. A vision where we turn the other cheek. A vision where we say what's kind. A vision of not division, of division, but of unity. Oh, the vision of God's will for humanity. That's the vision I see. Where the church is one. How can that be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And what you could never conceive, you can suddenly conceive. Hmm. Wow. Behold, the man made servant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Advent. The adventure begins with let it be. You want a new adventure next year? You want a new adventure in your life that's boring? You want a new adventure? Let it be. 
Let it be. Don't limit it to what you think you can see. Let it be. Let it be in my life. Let me rise to the potential that God has placed in my life. Though my bones grow weary, what's happening inside of me is greater than I've ever, ever conceived. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest in the hope fully upon the grace of God. My hope is resting in the mercy and the favor. My hope gives light. My hope gives me light and keeps my eyes focused on the adventures that lie ahead. Hope that goes against the grain of the world. Hope that defies the reality of the despair that I see in every day. Hope that stands alone against the rationalizations of human scholarship. Hope that keeps me moving forward in the advent and the appearing of the Christ, Kent. Hope that keeps me secure and anchored in the reality that I am not alone. Hope that prepares me to live in a life that is always looking for surprises. Hope that I can expect to be ambushed by His mercy and His grace, the unpredictable, the serpentitious. My hope makes me undertake a burbage and a language that believes in something better than what I'm seeing now. I'm hoping for more understanding. I'm hoping for more insight into the needs of other people. I'm hoping for more compassion. I'm hoping for more enthusiasm. I'm hoping for a more loving behavior neighbor to neighbor. I'm expecting the advent of his unconditional love to flow through every human being that is a follower of Christ. I'm hoping not for a safe, secure experience, but for one that is filled with challenges and obstacles and threats that I can stand up to because of the one who's with me. I'm looking ahead at the tribulations and the storm with an anticipation that they are the ground, the stage upon which he makes himself known. Oh, in this world, may we not play it safe, but may we face it under the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that even the fulfillment of the promise in our life will bring criticism from our betrothed, from our family, from our nation, from our church, that to accept it, let it be. No one was cheering. No one was shouting, good job, Mary, you said let it be. In fact, in response to her, let it be, the world shout, no way. The things we say let it be to, the world will not applaud. We need to say let it be. Let the love that so loved the world be revealed in us to where we stand against even the betrothed and the family and the religious voices and the nations that impose their will upon us. Let it be that the word of God would break out in such a way that it would yank the rug out from every religious thought. Let it be. Oh, you're not hearing me. Let it be, let it be, let it be, oh God. That's what Advent says. Advent says, let it happen. Uh, again, I love, I love the Lord of the Rings. And I love Bilbo as he's standing there going, I, I know you want me to go on this journey. I know you want me to save the Hobbit. But I just, I just really, I don't. You remember the story? They're trying to get Bilbo Baggins to go join the army to fight against. I should like to know about the risk. 
the out-of-pocket expenses, the time required, the remuneration, and so forth and so on. I'd like to know what it's going to cost me in the days ahead. (laughs) Everything, Bilbo. It will cost you everything. You'll have to give everything you are. You'll have to let go of control. Advent is that moment where I just let go control and say, come Holy Spirit. Come and blow me where you will in that wind-blown reality of the presence of God are the adventures that I most long for. That place of believing and conceiving and receiving the possibilities of heaven-born realities. Advent is the time we prepare and pack up and check our gear. Am I ready for this next adventure? The answer has to be yes. It's more than celebrating the birth of the Christ. It's about celebrating the Christ in you that is living today and tomorrow through you. No one can give birth to what you can give birth to. Only you can give birth to the promises that have been made for you. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. It's a story that I've read for years and years and years. It's found in those people asking, where do you get your stories? Well, uh, chicken soup for the soul. Reader's Digest. Guidepost. Those people collect great stories. I love them. There's a story, I don't know, I, I stole it from somewhere, so before you send me a letter, I, I stole it. <laughs> but it's so good. This, this lady has been diagnosed with terminal cancer, and so the pastor goes out and they're making her arrangements. And they're making her arrangements, and she, he gets up and he's ready to walk out the door. He says, oh, pastor, I forgot the, one more thing. What's that? She said, bury me with a fork. He said, a fork? What? Anybody heard this story? Yeah, yeah. great story, right? And, well, why a fork? She said, well, you know, every potluck, every funeral that I've ever been to down church, my grandma used to say, when they come and get your plate, well, keep your fork. Because the best is yet to come. There's a dessert coming after the potluck. So hold on to your fork. So pastor, bury me with a fork. Because the best is yet to come. So, I mean, if if you can face death with a fork. (laughs) Are you kidding it? If I'd had time this morning, if there hadn't been so much going on in our family life this morning, I'd have stopped by Dylan's and bought a couple bags of plastic forks. And I had visions of throwing forks at you. (laughs) I really did. I had visions of... Plastic, Brian? Because I think in the next season of our lives, we need to be carrying around a fork. 2020 is going to be a great year to taste and see. It's going to be a great year to dig in, to enjoy the feast that God's got in front of us. Advent. Advent. Don't lay your fork down, man. Just because you got full at Thanksgiving, don't lay your fork down. Hold on to that thing. We're going to eat of the best 
Oh my God, he's got something prepared for us. He was born in Bethlehem, for heaven's sakes. You know what that means? A house of bread. My goodness, we're going to a bakery. <laughs> oh goodness. I love butter. Father, I pray this morning that everyone in this room would be hungry, passionate, to lift up their head and charge into the next adventure of life. Knowing that, Father, you've sent your son to be with us. <laughs> and it's going to be great. It's going to be the best. So we're preparing physically and mentally and emotionally to run into this adventure called life. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Touch your neighbor and say, I'm ready for an adventure, man. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Hallelujah. Man, you don't have to be very metaphorically sophisticated to catch the reality of why we back into the Eucharist, right? You, you caught all that, right? We're backing into the table, right? We're supposed to be approaching the table of the Lord with an anticipation that He's going to feed us with. Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, You formed us in Your image and breathed into us the breath of life. And when we turned away and our love failed You, your love didn't fail us. <laughs> you sent your son to deliver us from captivity. You made him to be a covenant to us. You spoke to us. You anointed him with your spirit to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim the release of the captives, the recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at freedom those who were oppressed, and to announce the year of your Lord's favor. We watched him as he was baptized into suffering and death and resurrection. We watched as he gave birth to your church. We watched that as on the night when he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to us. Eat, this is my body, given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he picked up the cup and he gave thanks. He gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for the forgiveness for many. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, send your spirit upon us, your people. Overshadow us with your presence. Make us to be more than we are alone. Make us to be everything you desired and called us to be. Father, pour out your spirit on the bread and the wine that it might be holy food and holy drink for a holy people. Cause us to remember the past and anticipate the future and celebrate in the present the reality that God, you, are with us. For Christ has died, Christ is risen, 
and Christ will come again. I said Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ is coming again. Oh my God. And in that mystery, we stand. Not in our intellect, but in the mystery of his death, burial, resurrection, and come again. We stand and we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. May we feast on them by faith and receive everything that he has given to us. For it is the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. It is the cup of the new covenant, the cup of salvation. Amen and amen. If my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I'll hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. If the storms of life they come, head gets deep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I remind myself of all that you've done I remind myself because of your son Love came down and rescued me
guys enjoyed service today. Hope you got something out of that word. Man, we're having a great Christmas season. I'm so, so happy and honored to share it with you. Can I bless you this morning? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his eyes upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And everyone said, have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you next week. Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Ho, ho, the mistletoe hung where you can see. Somebody waits for you, kiss her once for me. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and in case you didn't hear. Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year. Oh, by golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this